Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. Hey! We're live. Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Super Friends. I am John Jagay from Jag and Detroit Podcast. Once I see everybody else on my screen, I'll have everybody introduce themselves as well. So we'll start on my order here, which is going to be with Mr. Matt Cundell. Matt Cundell, the Sound Off Media Company. We are coming to you from Winnipeg, Canada. Johnny? Johnny Podcasts, coming from Fort Worth, Texas, where we're still partying hard after the great win last weekend. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Catherine O'Brien. Hello, everybody. My name is Catherine O'Brien. I'm coming in from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and my company is called Branch Out Programs. And Mr. David Yaz. David Yaz, pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Wicked piss up. Wicked so good. We are uh, going to have some fun today with our 2023 predictions. I volunteered to uh, moderate this one. We had everybody send me their three or four best predictions for the year. And what's interesting is, as I went through them, some people had conflicting predictions about the same topic. Uh, nobody knows what everybody else has sent, so I don't know if this is the newlywed game or what game show we're going <laughs> to draw an analogy here to. Um, but we're gonna, I kind of have everybody's listed out in a little bit of a rundown here that only I can see. So we're going to start out with a little bit of the branding of podcasting. We're going to start in that area. And Catherine sent me a note and said she believes the definition of podcast is going to devolve. Could you explain what you mean by that? <laughs> okay, Jag. So I was, I was a tiny bit concerned that I just sent you two typical of some predictions for 2023. So I thought, okay, I'm, this one was really weighing on me, especially today. And I think that the definition of a podcast is going to continue to devolve. And if you don't know what I'm talking about... Um, let, let's just say this, the, the people who are OG podcasters are very, very passionate about telling you about RSS feeds and telling you about audio only and all those kinds of things. But I think that there is a gap between what the original podcasters think of as a podcast and what the general public, the general public thinks of as a podcast. And I'm going to draw on Tom Webster's very wise words to say that people in general, think when they think of a podcast, they think of a show. They're mm -hmm. not thinking about audio only. They're not thinking about it delivered R and RSS. They're not thinking about their apps that are, they're getting their the show. They're thinking of a talk show, uh, that kind of format. And as there are different players coming in, as YouTube is trying to get it making a move, as Rumble is coming in saying that you know, as a video platform saying we're we're signing podcasts. I think that what the sort of the purest definition of what a podcast is, is going to continue to move away from the audio only move away from that RSS feed. And it's really going to be something different. Even we've seen like Twitter as Twitter has been in the news for the last, let's say quarter mm. uh, Twitter spaces, even with audio only, and people are even considering something like that, a podcast. It's not, but that is we're fighting against the perception. So I think that as we see 2023 going along, we're going to have a lot of things identified as a podcast that isn't truly a podcast. That's my prediction. Perception is reality, right? If that people perceive it as a podcast and that, like you said, that tide is certainly strong. Anybody want to follow up on Catherine's prediction there before we move on to our next uh, item? I'll piggyback real quick. The, it's said that the word television it's use, is losing its meaning. And by mm -hmm. that, I mean... What is a television show these days? My son, who's 20 years old, 
He probably doesn't call it that. He just calls it a show. You know why? Because he doesn't watch it on a television. He doesn't own a television. He's got laptops and devices and stuff. And so in similar matter, in, in similar manner, I agree with Catherine that a podcast will just be a show. Now, right now, a lot of the clients we work with, we tell them to get on YouTube, but we don't necessarily tell them to produce a video podcast. We say, just make sure your pod is on YouTube. Well, but it, that's still a clunky solution because we've got the RSS feed and audio, and then we've got a completely different feed on YouTube. Someone's going to figure out how to do this all at once. So I agree. Video is not going to kill the radio star again, but <laughs> it is going to change it. It is going to change it. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm going to skip ahead in my order here because, David, you perfectly teed up uh, one of Matt's predictions, and that involves uh, you, the Google Podcast app versus YouTube. Mm. Matt? You want Matt to take that? Yeah. Yeah, so the Google Podcast app has been a bit of a bust. I think we were all very excited for it when it came out a couple of years ago and that Google would be getting into the podcast space. They have done uh, next to nothing, nothing, next yeah. to nothing since they've started. And in fact, I took a look at the Google numbers just for the SoundOff Media Company last year, and it just drops in ranking. And in fact, Amazon has now passed it. So, I mean, mm. I could make a bold prediction that Amazon is oh. going to pass it, but Amazon will pass it. That, I think that's pretty easy to say. But I think Google Podcasts is going to evolve into YouTube Podcasts or YouTube Music, something along those lines, and will come out as an app. I think I might have said, though, that we're going to see it practically more in 2024. But I think we'll look at Google Podcasts evolving towards a YouTube model. Regarding David's point, Matt, do you feel that there is going to be a way to combine YouTube views with the same metrics as podcast listening? Do you think there'll be a way to combine that or are we going to have to count our YouTube views and our RSS downloads separately? I think we're going to have to do them separately. I think a lot of the Google, you know, why Google didn't really want to get involved in the first place too much and, and move forward. I think a lot of it had to do with, with metrics and counting and monetization. I think they want to be able to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. I still get a kick out of every time somebody says, well, I think I'm just going to do a video podcast from now on because I looked at the views and I've got a thousand views mm -hmm. and I only have a thousand audio downloads, but that's like saying you're a millionaire and having a million rubles. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not the same thing. And so I see, I see a lot of people making this mistake and they're just rushing. I'm just going to do video. It's like, you do realize that you need a minute of audio versus like one second touch on hitting the play button on video. It's, it's not the same thing. That's a really great analogy. John, let me move over to you. We we're coming back to branding here. I've, if this prediction of yours is true, we're all going to be millionaires by 2024. And that is that <laughs> podcast as branding is going to become as common for companies as their websites. Mm. Yeah, and I, I'm seeing this more of anecdotal evidence. I'm seeing a lot of the, the companies that I work with, they're introducing podcasts as sort of just an add-on to their branding and their marketing because one, it's a minimal investment to give sort of a human tone to your brand. It's a chance to flex your expertise directly without having to outsource that to a PR firm. And in one case of a client that I work with, they can offer a rotating cast of characters. You don't need one executive to commit to doing the podcast. You can yeah. have a company-wide podcast and have the marketing company step in. You can have accounting step in. You can have the investing side of the company step in. You can have your interns come onto the podcast. There's a whole host of opportunities that you can have for any industry that you work in. And likely there's a big demand to learn more about your industry because there's tons of people coming out into, out of college into the workforce. How do they consume their content? They're on YouTube. They're listening to podcasts. And what better way to, even from a talent recruiting standpoint, 
to yeah. find great people is to have a podcast and say, this is the type of culture that we're building at our company. Here's what we do. Here's why we're better than every other, you know, 90s company that's still uh, sifting through resumes on paper. Mm-hmm. John, let me have you piggyback on that a little bit. What is the advice you would give to one of these companies, whether you're a client or not, about just doing a podcast to check the box for the reasons you just mentioned versus what they need to put into it to actually make it good, compelling, and listenable? Explain the question a little bit further. If I if I have company ABC and I walk into your studio and I say, Johnny, uh, I'm going to do a podcast because uh, my you know 25 year old social media person says that it's important for me to be doing a podcast. Um, so um, I'm, can you just make me a podcast because I think I had to do a podcast to keep up with my competition and recruit young talent coming mm-hmm. out of college. Oh, you know what do I need? To, and this is kind of a tangent here, but what do I need to keep in mind as a business owner? Uh, three or four tips to make a compelling podcast and not just be checking the box. To make a compelling podcast, one, you have to really lean into the things that you're an expert on. Again, this is lean into the same things that make your company money when you're making a podcast. So talk about the things you know about. What I would recommend doing is starting with just a limited series. Let's go six episodes, breaking down the major functions of your company, what it is you do, why you do it better than the rest of the competition. And then of course, you need to have all of the ancillary things. Like we need to have great audio. We need to do video as well. Obviously, we need to be on YouTube. We need to be accessible to everybody everywhere. And it needs to be consumable. It needs to be punchy and it needs to be entertaining. And again, defining who your audience is. Who is going to be the person that's consuming this content? Are we gearing this towards people that we want to recruit to the company? Are we potentially gearing this towards investors that we want to have investing money into our company? Or is this to vendors, people that we want to work with as partners in our company as well, or again, customers? There's So defining who the, who the ideal listener is going to be, flexing your expertise and then deciding, okay, do we want to start with a limited series and then go from there? Or do we want to go just the traditional sort of business podcast where we're going to be interviewing people within the industry? Fair enough. Johnny, the former, uh, David, you have a follow-up. I'm going to come to you next, but give a follow-up, David. Super quick, but it depends on, as Johnny sort of alluded to, it depends on what you're selling as a company. I work with a company called EQRX and their podcast is about their company culture. So they use it as a recruiting tool to attract great talent. So think about that. What do you need to get out of that podcast? You need to learn what these people are all about. So they interview people both internally in the company and and outside consultants that they admire about management, about making a place a great place to work at. And if you're an employee, if you're a prospective employee thinking about joining this team, how could you not listen to that podcast? It's a perfect vehicle to pick up because we all know podcast in that intimate environment, you can actually get to know person a heck of a lot better than you can reading a document, newsletter, or what have you. Fair enough. And that was where I was going to go next, David. Johnny says that podcasts are going to be as common as websites. And you, the former newspaper man, says they are going to, quote, murder newsletters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think there's a, I've got my Columbo hat on and I'm uh, tracking this, mur- this murder that is about to happen. And, and it's, it's just an example of how to use a podcast in place of something that is sort of old school media. Does anyone, with the exception of the JAG newsletter, which I enjoy very much, does anyone, you know, is, does the newsletter still jump off the page at you? Um, you know, I have a newsletter. Okay, yeah. All <laughs> newsletters, great. They're all scribes on Substack. But I, but I know you spend more time on your podcast than you do on your newsletters. And all I'm saying is a company that's been putting 
say a company's putting a lot of work and effort into a newsletter and wants to shake things up, whether it's just for the internal purposes of keeping the, your employees apprised of everything going on in the company and kind of sharing news, I've produced those, or you're, it's going out to your entire client base. And so it's just a more dynamic way of painting a picture and telling a story. So that's David, why. David, let me give you a yes and. The classic, oh, improv. Uh, We're going improv. The classic yeah. improv uh, tool. So yes and. What about, uh, I think a more likely scenario is that maybe newsletters shrink to become more of a marketing asset for podcasts. So uh, Jack harps on all the time. What's the best way to directly reach your listener through their email? So if mm-hmm. you can get them listening to your podcast and subscribe to a newsletter, that's the best way to get your podcast to them. So if you're using the newsletter as a vehicle to get the podcast directly to your listener, that's probably a more beneficial way that newsletter, newsletters can be utilized going forward if they're going to be consumed by podcasts. I accept that as a friendly amendment. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to point out that we're all in boxes and it's like the Hollywood squares. And I would just <laughs> like to say, I disagree. <laughs> um, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do a yes hand. I, I think that newsletters and podcasts are actually going to come closer together. I don't think one is going to supersede the yeah. other. And I do have this down as a prediction. I just didn't write it out that way later on and I'll bring it up and talk a little bit about newsletters at a, at a later point. But from what I see, especially with, with, with Substack, Substack does dabble in, in podcasting. I think they're coming closer together. I just don't think that they'll necessarily be an either or situation with it. All right, Matt, while you have the football, so to speak, uh, David's checking a murder. You're about to drop a bomb and tell us about our <laughs> podcast marketing plan. The podcast oh terrorist friends. <laughs> yeah. So I think knowing full well the year that we've just been through, whether it was people coming and going from Twitter, I think Facebook has always been part of the strategy. I think LinkedIn has been very positive. I think we've seen video is now hitting a crescendo where we have to look at including the podcast on YouTube, but we have TikTok and I've seen people stand on the Metro platform or the subway platform. And they're just scrolling through and looking at this stuff. (laughs) Our old marketing plans need to go in the garbage Hmm. and they need to go in the garbage because people are now realigning exactly how they are connecting with social media. They're picking their favorites. There's definitely a push towards video. We, they are leaving Twitter, but some people are staying behind and they're going to places that we may not be able to reach. We're going to have to find new ways to reach them. And as I thought about this towards the end of 2022, what came to mind was the newsletter. And that if you have one, you got to go back to using it or you got to double down on it because you control it. And it's still the best way to to get in front of people and to market is a newsletter. Preferably you, you put it out weekly. But it's it's really the best way to to promote your brand. And I'm not saying promote your podcast because nobody wants to, oh, look, I got a new podcast and here's the newsletter that goes with it. That is not very valuable. But I think you have to find a way to to create a newsletter of value in order to put yourself out there and in front to to remind people to connect with you through through podcast. I'll get it as Johnny teed off, teed off for it's you can get it somebody directly in somebody's email box as opposed to hoping an algorithm's going to show them something. Go ahead, Johnny. Matt, do you think when you, when you say throwing our old marketing plans in the garbage, I totally agree. And I think the most like the key, one of those things that needs to be burned is it used to be like, okay, you've got a new episode. We need to post to all of our social medias, the new episodes out. I think a critical component now going forward needs to be a short form video that goes with that. I I, I don't think that an audiogram is going to cut it anymore. I think, and even if you don't do video for your podcast, it's unfortunately, it's going to require more effort. The more effort you put into it, the better results that you're going to have. It's going to require that 
30 second clip that's a huge hook and it's going to need to have relevant photos short videos that are going along with it if you if you don't have video it's got to have captions it's got to be quick it's got to be punchy and cutting and keeping your eyes attracted that that is sort of going to be what replaces the tweet or the post of hey my new episode is live which that would move towards the newsletter directing to people's inboxes hey here's the episode Yes. yes, and yes, and it, it, uh, Johnny, you. It seems like you almost read verbatim one of my predictions as well that the the short form promotional video for a podcast, typically used on TikTok, will become its own art form if it's not already. And I have a, a client. He's a lawyer. He he wants to promote his brand, and and uh, frankly, I've been hounding him, saying you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. He says, well, can you do TikTok? for a podcast or something like that. And I said, well, we'll create promotional videos for TikTok. He loves these TikTok videos. They're funny. They're animated. They're quick. They're all 60 seconds. But a lit, like you say, Johnny, it is work. A little bit of work on animation or simple, simple animation, slideshow kind of stuff. Have something punchy, maybe something funny. Promote the pod, but make an enjoyable watch. And that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. You don't have to be a weatherman to see which way the wind blows. Yeah. It it's got to be it's got to be relevant with the with the actual visuals that are going on there. Like th see what's popular on internet culture right now. Like right now it's uh oh what's the movie with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? Um the where the models that Zoolander. Zoolander's really popular for whatever reason right now just because it came out on streaming services. American Psycho is really mm. popular right now. Patrick Bateman. Know what's popular in the zeitgeist and being able to pull clips, not pulling the audio, you're using your audio in the background, but pulling clips that are relevant that tie into with what you're talking about and it's got to, you know, we're old, but you got to be cool if you want to connect. <laughs> Says the youngest person I in know. the group. I, yeah, by the way, if you're fans of this uh, video product will notice that uh, Johnny, Johnny's hair, both facial and on the top, gets more pronounced in every episode. He's he's two or three scarfs away from going full Johnny Depp on us. I'm just <laughs> that's because he's the only guy on the podcast with hair. But anyway, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Video is something that I really want to get into. And we've been sort of you yeah. know st sticking our feet into the water on this as, as we go through today. This is something that I struggle with a lot is I am an audio guy. My background is radio. I talk know about theater of the mind, how you bond with the morning show hosts you grew up with because you hear them in the car, on the way to school, on the way to work. You know, audio goes with you when you walk the dog. Audio goes with you when you're in the car that video can't necessarily go with. And so I have resisted video a lot, and I struggle with this because I think there is a value for audio-only podcasts and the ROI is tricky. Yes, put the effort in if you can, if you have the staff, if you have young people like Johnny that are fluent in all these uh, internet me meme, memes, meme, 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 meme culture. You can, that's great, but I have a hard time moving the video. I do video for my podcast, but I only do it because it's a five-minute podcast. If it was a 30-minute podcast, I would have trouble doing all the video and cutting up all the clips. The ROI on the work for the video, I really struggle with. I'll put that out to the group for a response. I know I'm, the, I'm sticking it out here. I've, I've said too much already, but it, think of it as a commercial. Uh, Coca-Cola, the, the commercials for Coca-Cola don't make it taste any better, but it clearly works. They've been put. So think of that as, you know, the, the video is just the gateway drug to your podcast, which should still be excellent. In Promote it, with polar bears, making a note of that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. so I, 
So I do a ton. I do a lot of video work with the clients that I do. A lot of them have sort of video companions to their to their podcasts. And and Jack, just to like from a producer, I'm, this is from a producer standpoint. If you are someone that is putting together the audio and the video for the podcast, you're likely going through the audio, making all the edits, mixing and the mastering, making show notes, doing whatever, and then you're going on to the video because those are going to be different. When you're making edits in a video in an audio podcast, you can hide those ums uhs things like that, that you won't necessarily edit out in a video because mm -hmm. if you make those physical cuts, you can see those edits right. and it's right. jump, jump, jump. So you don't have to make those edits. So that will take less time. Uh, however, in terms of finding those sort of hook clips, you find those as you're going through the audio. Mark along the, along the way as you're going through the audio, hey, 30 minutes and 30 seconds to 31 minutes, that's a great clip. I'm going to mark that and then re-reference it when I go to the video. Once you're stepping into the video, you should have two or three clips that you already know that you're going to pull and you've already marked those off. And that way you're not searching for them as you're going through the video. Uh, loving counterpoint to all of this. Does anybody have any concerns that eventually, like when, like right now, we're all podcast producers, we're all audio podcast producers, we're branching into video. Do you guys have any concern that now we have become chasers? We're not we're not being driven by what is the needs of our audience or what is the needs of uh, mm. our clients or whatever, is that now we're chasing trends, which you can never be innovative when you're chasing these things down. Uh, just to break into YouTube for a minute. So I think that anybody who was using social media or watches YouTube any length noticed that now suddenly, because TikTok is so big, all of these other platforms are now prioritizing video in a way, trying to mimic this short-term video content. And it is, to me, it's kind of strange where we, I'm, you know, there's plenty, there's several shows that I, podcasts that I get their YouTube feed because I, for whatever reason, I just prefer to have it up from YouTube and to suddenly see them, they got the word like, okay, YouTube wants clips and they want short content. So now they're manufacturing all this short stuff to go to sort of feed the algorithm. And I, I was thinking like, huh, I wonder what the, even the subtle, like not just the, okay, now we're putting the time into doing that. And that, that potentially has an ROI that has something that is paying, literally paying off because if you're a monetized channel, you can get paid for views of your shorts or your clips or whatever. But Th that has an impact on the content that you're putting together. And, you know, that you're suddenly now, even I'm thinking in subtle ways, are shaping yourself and what you're putting out to feed the algorithm as opposed to the algorithm like serving you and what you're trying to do with the podcast. Did that make any sense to you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely makes sense. The only, the only good, I, am I worried about it? Yes, I'm worried about it because it completely takes away from the spirit of what a good podcast is. It's everything that Jag said, theater of the mind, familiarity, and the ability to do more, perhaps more meaningful content that's than something is striving to be more of a video of a cat falling off a couch or something. Yes, 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 yes. However, we so we don't want to go full-blown chasing something new and flashy just because kids think TikTok videos are funny. But on the other hand, we don't want to be the last one producing the best Betamax videos. We'll explain that to Johnny later. So yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't, you don't want to be the last eight track who's the best eight track company in the world was probably the last one that went out of business. And so it's the, it's the medium. If people are listening to podcasts on YouTube, which I feel they are, mm -hmm. then how do we make it adapt? And, uh, 
Johnny said it before something that I had in mind, which is how do you keep the integrity of the, the podcast in video form? And perhaps it's not creating a completely different animal with all different edit points. As you said, Johnny, that that spoke to me because you can create something different, a slideshow. Now, you know, my clients are going to have to pay me a lot of money if they want me to animate in slideshow <laughs> form a 45 minute podcast. It's going to take forever, we'll be honest. But but there's a happy medium somewhere. And hopefully there's a way to at, at least deliver the same good podcast product using the either video either to promote it or some other form. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Catherine, you're right. I think, though, you have to take a look at what is the core business. So if it is right. audio all the video stuff you're going to do, how can you do it simply, effectively, and quickly enough so that it points back to the audio, which is the core of your business, which is really the core of what you're creating and whatnot. So I started to do video. It's just really just a card that goes up on YouTube and and, and the show is there, but it's available. So that's really as far as I want to take a particular show when I put it on YouTube. And of course, YouTube has come out with their standards and practices. So long as the playlist matches the name of the podcast, I think this is a good first step. I'm checking the boxes and doing it, but I'm not spending my whole time doing video. I've got mm -hmm. it fairly automated. I would love to be able to sit with a room full of people who could create TikToks and drive everything to you know, my one podcast, but it's not practical or feasible. I think when you look at the video, the video for, if you're audio first, the video is a marketing strategy for the audio. Right. Can I just and, add one thing? And I promise I'm, I'm shut up, David. I will shut up, but just, and this is also a sort of a shameless plug. There's a company that I work with. Uh, I'm their client, uh, Adori. I've told you guys about Adori before, A-D-O-R-I. And they have a product where you upload the podcast it creates it. It immediately creates a transcript. But from there, it has an algorithm where it looks for images that mm. may match the very things you are talking about. So if you say peanut butter sandwich on your podcast, it will generate a slide of a peanut butter sandwich. That's awesome. And then you can go through and decide. Actually, I wasn't talking about a peanut butter sandwich. That was wrong. I can delete that. And so within a matter of you know, maybe about just 10 to 15 minutes, you can go through and edit this slideshow that's been created. And maybe that is, is, is maybe they're onto something. I mean, they've been doing it for a few years now, but this may be their time. Um, again, a bit of a shameless plug, they're friends of mine, but um, maybe there is a way to sort of quickly create a slideshow, which is a video element of a podcast that doesn't uh, have you doing hours and hours of video editing. Matt, do you want to read the comment from Sean for our audio audience? Um, which one basically saying that you know chasing is he, already happening yeah he's chasing yeah chasing what has already happened and assuming that the trends will continue seems like a real mistake that's an interesting point of view i want to quote a stat here and i want to give a shout out to our our group friend jeff fiddler over at signal hill insights he worked with cumulus and westwood one on a study recently and this was uh just came out uh, not too long ago 28 percent of podcast listeners want to watch video of their podcast 29% want video playing in the background. That changes, of course, by format. You don't necessarily want video with true crime. That's kind of more theater of the mind. But 43% of listeners prefer audio only. 
when you talk when the group of you talked about your core business for me my core business is audio i am an audio guy i have a new client that wants video of their podcast and i told them i'm happy to record the video on riverside i'm going to send you the raw video files i'm not editing the video i will edit your audio and make it pristine i have another client that i could do uh, just do audio for her podcast she sends clips to somebody who do, makes tiktok clips out of them and other social media things and i delegate that to somebody else because for me my core piece of it is the audio because i feel like i can better do it better than 80 percent of people out there i'm just no, you're, you're totally right jack and th think about this if you have two podcasts side by side they're both on youtube same quality video one person has this microphone and has a, a team behind them either they're producing it themselves but they're putting effort into the audio and the other person is just talking into their video camera which one is going to get more traction yeah here you go the one with the audio. high quality audio you can have the video is is a critical component just because of the way the world is moving but the audio will always be the core you still have to listen to what people are saying because it's a podcast and one thing to touch on what Catherine was talking about uh was there will always be the appetite for long form content that's why we're doing what we're doing that's why mm -hmm. podcasting is so popular is because people want the long form content the clips like David and Matt said, that's it's really a marketing strategy. But ultimately, like what Jag said, with the core of our business is the audio. The audio has to be pristine, regardless of whether you're on YouTube or not. If it's not, you're you're you don't have a successful podcast. Any other thoughts on video before we move on to our next topic? Yes, I'd, I'd, I'd like to remind every. <laughs> I would like to remind everybody that with audio, you can do something else at the same time. And with video, it's harder. Meaning you can multitask while you're talking to a microphone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, people are going to be listening. They're listening to a podcast on audio and vacuuming or they're driving in their cars. Oh, I okay. And I don't see too many people who are sitting on the train like this. It's true. I, I, I always I always tell my clients, you shouldn't, you, you can't watch a YouTube video while you're driving, or at least you really shouldn't. <laughs> This podcast supports Podcasting 2.0. If you like this show or are getting value from it, hit the boost button now. If you don't have a boost button, you can get one now at newpodcastapps.com. All right. One of the big uh, topics that we've talked about in our group predictions for 2023 or that were sent to me is the topic of AI, artificial intelligence. Johnny, you take the lead on this one. What are your thoughts for 2023 on AI in podcasting? Well, I love what David queued up because that is essentially AI, what Adori is doing, the ability to find those photos. And, and that makes the process of making the short form stuff so much easier. If they can find stuff that will predict what you're talking about and create the image for you, that takes mm -hmm. so much work off your plate. But yeah, I think AI is going to be a a pretty big thing going forward. Um, I know that people are saying that this is like the next version of, of crypto and NFTs. They're saying, oh, AI is just the next thing that people are jumping to. This will not be FTX. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there probably will be an FTX um, version of AI. But I think in the, in, in the near future, it's going to make editing a lot easier. I know we have tools like Descript and those aren't the best, but those are only going to get better going forward. So it's going to make our jobs and hobbyist podcasters make their jobs a lot easier. I think that the genre of AI business tech engineering type podcast, I think that's going to grow a lot just because it's a brand new space. Oh, it's yeah. a whole niche that needs to be filled. And there's so many people working in that space that can utilize podcasting to share their message and to grow their personal brand of working in the AI space. I think that's going to be huge. And I think my, my one fun prediction 
I think that there's going to be at least one podcast, probably a handful, but I think there's going to be at least one podcast that is created exclusively by AI. Mm. The content is AI generated. The voice is AI generated. It's all put together by AI and there's very minimal human touch, whether that's just the uploading or just, you know light editing, things like that. But I think that that's going to be a fun project that someone's going to do. Johnny, in our previous uh, meeting, a uh, private meeting, the five of us, you mentioned what is the chat uh, that new AI chat G- GPT? Yeah. yeah, that that uh, you can create a whole litany of things based on the massive amount of data that's been put into it. Yeah, and we played around with it. Well, during our meeting, we were just like, "What? How do you make a successful podcast?" You ask it that. Granted, it gave you the most like surface level thing, where it's like you need to pick a topic and you and need blue to yeti. talk about it. <laughs> blue yeti <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Um, so that is sort of like one instance of how AI has already, you know, infected the population. The majority of people listening to this will have heard of chat GPT in some form or fashion, but I think that it, it, it has to infect the podcasting space because let's be honest, automation affects every industry and mm-hmm. we're already working in a software heavy world. AI is going to play a role in that. So I mentioned off the top that we did have some conflicting predictions that came in. Catherine, would you like to counterpoint our friend Johnny? <laughs> uh, and that, it's, it's a gentle, it's a yes, but. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Not a yes, but a bad improv uh, partner. But so, yeah, I, I, what I'm, con- I'm thinking that AI is going to be a huge top. There's going to be a lot of hype around AI for podcasting. But what's actually going to pay off is... I don't think that we're going to see it in 2023 in any significant way. I bet we're going to have a lot of people saying, oh, this is the thing that's going to cat. This is the thing that's finally going to break podcasting into this hockey stick of growth that we, oh, we're, you know, this is going to get us to the point where the, the ad money makes sense for all kinds of podcasts. I, I don't think that that's going to pay off. I think that there, there are going to be incremental advances, but I think that really the most successful podcasts are going to be relying on things that AI can't provide, like that personality, like that innovative show structure, like things that, that AI cannot reproduce. So I think that there's going to, but there's always, there's always seems to be this desire in podcasting for something to save us. (laughs) And I think this year it's going to be AI. And like I said, I believe in the incremental advancements. Descript is a great example, Johnny, but I I think it's going to be not the thing that everybody's the, the catapult that podcasting no, is. And I, and I didn't think that it was going to be like this because think about let's, let's it. That's why I said yes, but. No, no, no. Let's I'm trying out. to foster <laughs> conflict here. Come on, guys. No, let's play, let's play out the scenario. What is it about AI that would completely hockey stick the industry? Like, what is it that people would predict that it would do? You know, like, t- like create podcasting? I guess so. Like, I think that a better example for AI, like taking over something that I've heard of people talking about is influencers. It's you can't cancel an AI generated influencer. You can make them look however you want. It's very visually appealing from the AI standpoint. We've seen that with the AI artists, things like that. But you're still going to need that human touch behind it. You still have to have a human creating the message, typing out the physical message and creating the content and the the copy behind it and the message that they want to convey. But you're right. The I, I don't think that the you know we're going to see a slew of of AI Joe Rogans coming out. No, but right. it'll it'll be little tools like. Uh, pardon me, Catherine, but yeah, I could I could see punching into an AI machine, create a twenty five second opening for my podcast on tennis that features this guy with a big, brash, colorful personality, and the AI machine could find copyright free music 
and write a voiceover. Um, I already use the the Descript feature now and then with they have on the Descript app, you can pick a faceless voice. You know, you can pick Jim, Mary, Catherine, or, or her, not you, Catherine, or Herman or whoever. And uh, I use that for certain little segment intros. And it's a, obviously a computer generate, generate. That's kind of AI light, but tools like that, I think maybe we'll see. But I agree with you, Catherine. How, how can it possibly replace the personality of, as Jag referred to, like the the people you, that you drive to work and listen to on the radio, that sort of radio slash podcast intimacy? I giggle because I, I just hope that, like, I totally agree with you, David. I just hope to God that we're not the people saying this, that we're also the people at Blockbuster saying, come on, people will always want to walk in and buy a movie. <laughs> why would they want to watch it on their couch? They can go to the, the theaters and experience. Yeah. Come on. Right. It's just like, well, why, I think you're right. I don't think it's the same. I don't, I don't think know. it's apples to apples. Why do people like AI stuff? They it, like it easy. because it, well, it saves time and, right. and, and does the work for them. Right. But In, yeah, you know there are there are some some limits to that. I think I would want somebody you know an AI anything to do my entire show. I think when you know we had some. I'm not even sure this is truly AI. I think it's just a computer solving a problem. But I think it's quite nice that we don't have to hire an individual person to do the transcription. We can have a machine do eighty percent right. of it or ninety percent of it and and finish it off. I, I think that's a benefit. And I think there's good uses and bad uses for it. I hear it with with voiceover all the time. You're gonna, Matt. You're going to be replaced one day. You're not going to have to do you know voiceover. But people are still looking for the human touch. If we go back to the why did podcasting take off in the first place? It's because it was humans and a human touch and a personality and empathy and all these things that AI does not necessarily you know lend itself to. Everything from storytelling with the cavemen to us craving human contact in the pandemic. You're absolutely right, Matt. And I, I want to clarify, I think that my prediction is really about the hype. There, there's going to be a lot of hype that does yeah. not pay off. And yeah, that's yeah. all. I so I, I agree with you, Catherine. I think there is a lot of hype. And I don't think that, oh, look, this thing can write an article. Well, it's not a very good article. It's right. also not very interesting. And most podcasts right now with humans are incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> which is why they hire us right. because you know, it is very, and now you, you want to go get a bunch of bots to level it out. Good luck. Well, there was that Joaquin Phoenix movie where he set in the not too distant future, where he fell in love with his disembodied voice. Well, to be fair, it was Scarlett Johansson. So yeah. Say. Yeah. I mean, there is that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So it's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. yeah but, but, but that's it. Like the script using, I think David pointed it out, you know, if it, if you need the software to recreate a sentence or two, that's incredibly handy. That is yeah. awesome. As opposed to yeah. getting a guest back on uh, StreamYard or whatever yeah. platform they're on. But I don't think Johnny's prediction's wrong either. I think somebody is going to do a full blown podcast. It will probably be James oh, yeah. Gridland. Yeah, um, it probably will be. Yeah, who, who will do it? And you know, he'll do it for the sake of doing it to say that it's been done. Mm. And then go back to his regular podcast. That's right. I'm going to throw out a prediction of mine uh, somewhat tangentially related here, and that is dynamic ad insertion. Now, I have uh, 
I, I admit this is anecdotal because I really started using it and playing with it myself uh, with, a, with a podcast that I'm working on. Dynamic ad insertion is a little bit of a misnomer because it doesn't have to be an ad. And chances are your podcast doesn't have 50,000 or 100,000 downloads that Mattress Firm or ZipRecruiter or whoever it is is going to come buy ads on your podcast. But I think as more people learn how to use dynamic ad insertion and use it well, and by well I mean relevant content and keeping the loudness the same as the podcast so you're not blowing out somebody's eardrums in AirPods are in the car. Dynamic ad insertion can be used to make announcements about your product, about your podcast. You know, to Johnny's internal uh, PR podcast example, you can have this have something drop in of Hey, we've got a ha- uh, you know we've got a happy hour coming up for uh, folks of the company at this bar Friday at five o'clock. That just runs during the week. Or you have Hey, we've got a, our big annual fundraiser coming up. You know, I use that for some clients. I think dynamic ad insertion for things other than ads could really take off in twenty twenty three. Or I just discovered it and started getting good at it, and that's just my own biased perspective. I don't know. <laughs> Or even call, calls to action if you're running a public podcast. Like, hey, subscribe to my newsletter so, so if you want to get these episodes direct into your inbox so you're not physically making those call-outs to stop time between you and your guest, dropping those in, and you can interchange them, changing out the catalog. I, I, I think that's a, a fantastic insight. Yeah, and I, I think as a prediction, I, I think most podcast hosts will have a dynamic audio offering mm-hmm. that will or should become free sometime by the end of the year. I think... You know, That's where a, I was trying to go with it, and I yeah. think I, I, I think you've, you've punctuated that well, Matt. I agree. I, I think there may be a reason why Rob Greenlee's over at Podbean now. Mm. From so, Libsyn. Yeah. Interesting. Speaking of uh, podcast hosts and such like that, we're going to move on to the business of podcasting at this point. And Catherine, what do you mean by scrappy funding as your prediction? I wish I had remembered what I exactly how I said how I said uh, about, what I wrote about, down there about re- revenue being a mixed bag and still being out of reach right. for more podcasts Thank and you. other ways to make money. Thank you for this. this I happen to have prediction. a cheat. I, I have a crib sheet in front of me, so I can't take credit for it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so I I I think that again back to that, and I I do feel a little bit. I don't want to be a total doomsayer this this edition of the Super Friends, but I think that there's going to be a little bit of. We saw pre-pandemic, there was a lot of trends of acquisitions and things getting picked up and consolidation of firms and everybody was doing all these sort of buying. And it would not surprise me if we do not see a lot of that news this year. And that, in fact, that we would see some people who started things in the pandemic, maybe we're hitting that three-year mark uh, that uh, Matt is so eloquent about talking about, where things just through sort of normal business cycles, people are reassessing what they've been doing with their podcast. Um, so I think that that is, that is totally normal. We're going to not see any sort of these like big splashy number kinds of things. And I do think that people are going to maybe make a switch. I, I kind of have a, this, uh, saying in my head, which is the thing is not the thing. And I've been sort of, you know, dancing around that a little bit. I think that, you know, people, the ad revenue is not going to be appropriate for most podcasts still. I think that people are going to be looking for monetization in other ways, like sponsorships, like doing paid newsletters, like doing membership communities, that that is where they're going to sort of do a little bit of a pivot and and look to. I think the, you know, that there are certain podcasts that are of the size where ads make sense. That that doing ad revenue, that's going to be you know the best fit for them for bringing in money. Um, but others, I think that they're going to have to be looking for alternative ways of of monetizing their their podcast. Is that did I stay on my my prediction sort of there? You gave me two at once. I'll take it. Oh, great. Anybody want to piggyback off of that? 
I think I had a prediction like that down, didn't I? About companies going to downsize their podcast divisions? That would. Yeah, that that kind of had a little bit to do with it, where I think people are now looking at, you know, three years into this and we're kind of staring down the face of a recession. I think there's going to be some bailing. I think a lot of podcast companies are looking at what they have. And I think even bigger than just podcast companies, like radio companies who may own, you know, podcast divisions are looking and going, yeah, maybe we'll cut half of this. We'll cut the parts that we You're referring feel. to one particular American radio company that's trading at 22 cents a share or just in general? <laughs> In general, but that one is, I mean, that one is a 2022 thing. They already put pineapple and cadence. I think one or, one or both of them are currently up for sale. Odyssey, for those of you scoring at home, I'll say it. Yeah, but I think there's going to be a, a lot of that going on, a lot of reevaluation um, about wh what you want to get rid of and what you want to keep. Hmm. And by the way, Catherine, the thing is not the thing. It was actually a title of a recent podcast episode I did with David Phillips from Logic. So I'm not sure uh, if that's a coincidence. Maybe it's stuck in my head. In my head, that's why well you planted done. that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I appreciate idea, it. Idea inception. Yeah. Anybody else on the business of podcasting? Any other thoughts while we're here? It's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a tough year. I think it's. I think look, people are really going to be um, looking at. The bottom line, I think a lot of people are going to get cut and be taking their IP home and, and leaving some of these places they thought they could make some money, whether it was with a another company or as a subscription model. There's going to be a lot of looking at the content and trying to decide what the best strategy is going forward. You said or, take your you, you or, said take your IP home, Matt. That's an important point we've made, I believe, in a previous yeah. episode. Is uh, if you're creating a podcast in conjunction with somebody else, you need to be very clear, as we said in our previous episode, part. before you get podcast divorced, have a podcast prenup, make it very clear about if there if there is a parting of ways, who owns what, because that can get very messy, very ugly. Friendships and more can be ruined over that. That's an important mm. piece of advice. I'll come back to. And maybe just to put a positive spin on in this, another topic that we've touched on before is that this is this is an opportunity. If you have a niche audience that you know what they like and you know what they're all about, this is a chance for sponsorships, which is you directly as the podcaster making a relationship with a company that would want to be connected with your audience. And that is a that is a great opportunity because that makes, takes no gatekeeping other than you making, you know, getting them to agree to it. You can have a you can have a modest audience and still have a very positive sponsorship relationship with somebody. Absolutely agree. I can think of several clients that have sponsorships and have done very well because they've got a dedicated audience. I always use the analogy if you have a podcast about basket weaving, you might only have a hundred people listening, but if there was a basket maker, you better believe they'd want to be in front of those hundred people. Right. I also think there is an opportunity and, and Matt would know more about this. And I don't just say this because he's our Canadian friend in the group, but I think there's going to be a very big international growth and boom in podcasting in 2023. Yes, there are going to be some concerns and some contraction as we've all talked about here in the last few minutes, but I think podcasting is really taking shape in other countries around the globe. I don't just mean the U S and Canada. I mean, Africa, Asia, I think all these markets are really getting big in podcasting. And while, you know, while I think a lot of our American podcasts have Apple podcasts as the primary download source, Spotify is really important to pay attention to because Androids are a lot bigger in other countries than they are in North America and in the U.S. specifically. So make sure you're covering your Android users and they could be very big uh, going forward in 2023 would be my final prediction. It's a good one. You can see the phenomenon on like streaming tv where before uh, i mean years after 
you know, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime became like familiar places for us to click on our remote. We start, there was an influx of a lot of British TV content, um, some from the Middle East, some from places that we, Australia, like, oh, yeah, they make TV shows too. Oh, <laughs> right. So, um, and I don't know if that's happened yet with podcasts, although obviously the technology is there. So I like your prediction, Jack. And what's a television again? I can't remember. We, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I think I'm a, looking at a television it, now. But it looks it's like a bigger it. version of a phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it sits in one spot. You can't bring it around with you. It's crazy. I, I know it seems like like 45 some odd minutes ago that we were talking about that. But one of the things I did for the Sound Off podcast, it has been known for seven years as the podcast about broadcast. I actually just removed that. Hmm. So that's. It's you gone. removed your tagline. That's tagline. Yeah, broadcast. We don't talk about just broadcast anymore. It's all audio, right? Because what is broadcast? <laughs> right. What is? We've gone meta with this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Only word that rhymes with podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think he's right. But I sent off. I sent off for imaging yesterday. Got some fresh imaging done. By you're gonna you're not gonna believe this. Done and voiced by a real person. Whoa! Wow. wow. Not a bot. Impressive. Not a bot. Well, we're only three mark. days into 2023. Give it a few weeks. <laughs> 362 to go. Um, and Matt, you can always add the tagline. So you've been fired. That would be also a <laughs> no, because that would be a podcast about broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like a, a wink to those who know. I Y K Y K. That's the end of my list of stuff we've covered uh, or that the four of you have sent to me. Does anybody have any additional predictions or comments based on what we've talked about in the last 47 minutes and 50 seconds? Yeah, I, I had one. Um, so one of my predictions was was about YouTube and uh, just sort of a wrinkle within that is that I think that YouTube is going to try and improve their audio only experience. I think that they're going to realize that, hey, you know, 40% of podcast consumption is being done on YouTube, but not everyone is super comfortable with not only trying to become a podcast host, but also becoming a video star. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that they're going to Thank you really... for the hand motion. That That's why Catherine's laughing, by the way. You looked, just you looked to this. right into camera number perfect, one when you said yeah. that. I think that they're going to try and really improve like their audio only experience where they're just like, hey, are you uploading an audio only podcast? Here's an option here. Yeah. Like you can save a, mm. a YouTube uh, uh, sized thumbnail and artwork. We'll, uh, we'll update your artwork for you. Something along those lines where it's really easy to just get your audio podcast onto YouTube because ultimately the goal is to get more people on YouTube, spending more time on YouTube. So that's that was one of my smaller predictions. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of these apps kind of race to be the ultimate solution. I don't want to say final solution, the ultimate sort of solution to this. Thank because you, like, for example, we've talked about the Descript app, which a few of us here are fans of, you know, I just noticed like a couple months ago, there's a, you can click and make audiograms on just, I haven't even tried that yet because no, I use this for my audiograms. I use a different app, but there, there may be this race to the finish going on where to be all things to all people. But Johnny, I think you're spot on. I think there, there's eventually, if it's not YouTube, it, it will be something similar where you upload your podcast and then it walks you through. Are you audio only? Are you video only? Do you have moving video? Do you just have a slideshow or whatever? And it will be some perhaps sort of DIY ish. Although let's, let's not forget the importance of having a podcast producer. I mean, <laughs> right. nothing. The, AI, the AI edits can take it, can do a lot, but they can't really finesse it the way a person can, at least yet. Oh, yeah. Another company I would say to look out for Johnny mentioned YouTube slash Google is going to be Adobe. 
Adobe had something mm. called Project Shasta, was their cold name of it. You think of the old uh, soda or pop, depending <laughs> where in the country you're listening right now. But uh, Project Shasta is now Adobe Podcasts. Adobe Podcasts mm. now has an AI tool similar to the one we referenced in Descript that will clean up audio. It's still mm. it's still in beta. You can just apply to be in the beta if you go search out Adobe Podcasts. And they do a pretty good job of audio cleanup uh, from what I've seen so far. And I think there's going to be a lot of integration between Adobe Audition, which many people use to edit audio, and Adobe Premiere, which many people use to edit video. So Mm -hmm. I think um, to Johnny's point about – or David's point too about looking for the end-all, be-all, Adobe is probably going to set their – throw their hat in the ring to be a one-stop shop for a lot of podcasting needs, both audio and video. Look out for them in 2023. Another option too is uh, podcast hosting. Uh, yeah. As far as I know, um, at least like the, the hosting sites that I use, they only accept MP3 files, and videos files are coming out as .mov or .mp4. Mm-hmm. If you're a podcast hosting site, maybe you need to integrate. Hey, we can just pull the audio only from your MP4 and still it will still satisfy the RSS Absolutely. and get Absolutely. it live. And that way, you're because like with my podcast right now, I do. Uh, I got to make the video and then I got to pull the audio out in logic and export that as an MP3 so it can go onto the hosting site so it can go live on Apple and Spotify. It'd be a lot easier if I could just take the MP4, drop it into whatever hosting site I'm using and have that be able to go live as an audio only. Okay. So as, as a heads up, I use restream.io with one client and it will come out as an M4A. And then often I will find, have to find a way to get it down to an MP3 because it's a really long two hour show. And often I've taken it down from about 185 meg down to about 100 meg. And here we are, wasn't more than 20 minutes ago, we were all talking about how we've got to go international. And the op- you know, the, the big opportunity is Africa and India. Well, it costs $3.25 to download a podcast of that size. Wow. We, we need to be very, very conscious of, mm. of, of the size of the files that we are asking people to download. It should be 16-bit. It should be a mega minute. It should be, you know, as small as you can get it and still wow. retain retain the sound. And and by the way, it's when we talk about. I know, I know in the U.S. there's a lot of unlimited data plans, but in Canada we just started to get them recently. Really? And, yeah. Well, in the last year or two, and that is one thing that has really held back Canada from from having just a few more downloads. It's starting to come, but I did have somebody over in Spain who I've been working with. There's a company over there called Potter. Dot app And they said, why is it that when the Sound Off podcast comes out, you release it at night, it all downloads immediately in the States, but in Canada, it's the next morning. And it's because people have their phone set to only download the show when they're around Wi-Fi. But in the mm-hmm. US, it will come out right away. Yeah. So they noticed that very well. And they said, can you answer that? And I thought about it. And I said, well, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to be very, very careful about, oh, let's just throw up the video file and an it's an MP4 and we can convert it to an MP3. I think we need to be very, very conscious of those file sizes. Hmm. That, that is a great point, Matt. And you think about there are some folks who are real audiophiles who will tell you that a wave is a much higher quality version than an MP3. And the, a wave file is a much, much, much bigger file than an MP3 file. And yeah. I'll be honest, if it's a podcast which is 90% voice, you might have 5 or 10% music. The music is not going to make that much of a difference. And MP3 quality, high quality MP3 versus wave for a voice, 98% of people are not going to hear mm. the difference. Just keep keep your keep your listeners' data plans in mind, especially internationally. I'm really glad you made that point. I got absolutely badgered over the holidays by this machine, which said that, you know, 
iCloud iCloud storage is full. Mm. And because I, I, you know, there's an Overcast app, and there's an Apple app, and then there's oh an, my god, yeah, Sp- I deleted Spotify. the Apple, I, I deleted the Apple Podcast app because it, it filled up my phone immediately. Of oh of, wow, it was insane. You know, you're subscribed to ten podcasts, and I'm subscribed to like my client's podcast, so I can hear yeah. the final product as it go goes live. And now I just got to do it all on Spotify. It's always downloading things where you never really asked it to download for some reason. I can't get it to stop. I also can't get that U2 album off my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get it to get Deep it Deep Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to wrap it up here unless anybody has any closing thoughts. For I do. I've got something else that I did that, that did not make the cut. There's two things that did not make my predictions cut. And one of them was that Descript would be bought for a ridiculously high amount of money. I think that'll be 2024, but I think to what David was saying is that, you know, somebody's going to want to buy this thing and then wrap it up in a package. So mm. it will, I think somebody one day will, there'll be, there'll be sellers. It'll be so, 24 after everybody makes their cuts in 2023 as yeah, they've already predicted. A, there you go. Yeah. And then we did not talk about podcast 2.0 at all. And I was going to put it in and, and, you know, say this is the future and this, that, but I think it's something that is just on its own trajectory. Yeah. And Podcast it's, 2.0 is a project that is going to add some more tags. I think it's just something that is just happening. I don't think it needs yeah. a prediction other than it's happening. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love podcasting 2.0, but I think in terms of like, I love the value for value aspect of it. I think it has real merit and and a good amount of runway. Um, I just think that it's really hard to get the average person on the street to, to tell them like, hey, you got to delete Spotify and download this app called Fountain. Yeah. And for they go, listen- why? For our listeners, and I'll, I'll say hashtag asking for a friend, brief elevator pitch on what Podcast 2.0 is. Podcast 2.0 is basically the Web3 of podcasting. So they, from what I know about it, the value for value aspect of it is combining being able to live comment on an episode, being able to tip in cryptocurrency, being able to fund the podcaster directly through the app so you don't have to go through third-party sponsorships, Patreon, things like that. That is my knowledge of the very small corner of the of that. Johnny, yeah. your music's too loud. Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this is, I mean, this is the future. I mean, transcriptions and captions are also going to be encased in there. And it's really going to be up to the podcast host to make a decision to start adding these tags into, uh, into, into the hosting, into the RSS feeds. I mean, how, how wonderful would it be that if you wake up one morning and, you know, Jag, and you can just, you know, sort your podcast by Detroit. And there they are. They're all local and some of them may even be live in that particular moment. That's just one tag that can be added to the whole thing, but I didn't even tell you guys this podcast is um, people can send us crypto right now because it's, it's enabled on the fountain app. So send us a boost. If you're listening to us on our new podcast app, <laughs> if you don't have a new podcast app, you can get one at newpodcastapps.com. How do we divide those Satoshis? <laughs> I don't know. By the way, nobody has sent us. That's been pocketing <gasps> all of our crypto. Oh my gosh. I, th- I mean, I think w- one of the big attractions to to all this and i think it's very american driven is because the banking system is so odd in the united states that you know if you're in patreon it's like you know now you're, you've got to fill out an irs form or you've got to you know do some things that do involve government but here's this cryptocurrency that's come along and we can move some satoshis around and you know send a little bit of support here and there i i love it for for social value just the fact that i could interrupt the new media show with todd and rob with a make a bell go off and make them say my name and how I sent them 2112 
sats. That's so it's dis- just as, it's I, just yeah. as valuable as a podcast review in Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Johnny? I was going to say, uh, to Wells Fargo, I disavow what Matt has said. Please don't close my <laughs> And on that legal adjacent note, we will wrap things up and we'll give everybody a chance to plug themselves one more time and we'll go around the horn again. Matt? Matt Kundal, the Sound Off Media Company in Winnipeg, Canada. Johnny? You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Podcasts and subscribe to my Substacks, Johnny, uh, my Substack, johnnypodcasts.substack.com. So crazy they gave you that name from birth. Catherine O'Brien. <laughs> his, his parents really knew. Uh, one last prediction. I predict that the podcast super friends are going to have a very happy, healthy, prosperous 2023. My name is Catherine O'Brien. Branch out programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. David. Uh, David Yaz pod 617.com Boston podcast network. And I'll quickly plug my music podcast of which I am somewhat proud of. Go to time machine pod.com. It's a great music nostalgia podcast called past tense. Thank you. It, it is a great podcast. Uh, I am John Gay from Jag and Detroit podcast. You can find me online, jagandetroit.com. All the social is Jag and Detroit. And you can also listen to my podcast, The Jag Show, which in Seinfeldian fashion is a podcast about podcasts. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Happy and healthy to everybody. And we will see you next month. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Super Friends. For a transcript of the show or to connect with the Super Friends, go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. We've all heard the phrase, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. But personally, I think a nice chat over that first cup of joe is the perfect way to start your morning. Hi, I'm Jenny B., host of the Coffee with Jenny B. podcast. It's a show where I talk to friends about mental health, physical health, life stories, and all the ways we can bring a little more joy into our lives, just like a good cup of coffee does. If you want to share a cup with me, and I don't mean a double-double from Tim Hortons, I'm talking French press, cappuccino, espresso, the good stuff. You can listen to Coffee with Jenny B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Sound Off Podcast Network.